us run. I saw him, Sheridan said, but why do you think he likes me? Because he didn't take his eyes off of you the whole time, that's why. Even when he got a call on his cell, he stood there and watched you while he talked. He's hot for you, Sherry. I wish I had a cell phone, Sheridan said. Joe tuned out. He didn't want to hear about a boy targeting his daughter. It made him uncomfortable. And the cell phone conversation made him tired. He and Mary Beth had said Sheridan wouldn't get one until she was 16, but that didn't stop his daughter from coming up with reasons why she needed one now. In the particularly intense way of teenage girls, Sheridan and Julie were inseparable. Julie was tall, lithe, tanned, blonde, blue-eyed, and budding. Sheridan was a shorter version of Julie, but with her mother's startling green eyes. The two had ridden the school bus together for years, and Sheridan had hated Julie, said she was bossy and arrogant and acted like royalty. Then something happened, and the two girls could barely be apart from each other. Three-hour phone calls between them weren't unusual at night. I just don't know what to think about that, Sheridan said. You'll be the envy of everyone if you go with him, Julie said. He doesn't seem very smart. Julie laughed and rolled her eyes. Who cares, she said. He's freaking awesome. Joe cringed, wishing he had missed that. He had spent the morning patrolling the brushy foothills where the spring wild turkey season was still open, although there appeared to be no turkey hunters about. It was his first foray into the timbered southwestern saddle slopes since winter. The snow was receding up the mountain, leaving hard-packed grainy drifts in arroyos and cuts. The retreating snow also revealed the aftermath of small battles and tragedies no one had witnessed that had taken place over the winter. Six mule deer that had died of starvation in a wooded hollow a cow and calf elk that had broken through the ice on a pond and frozen in place, pronghorn antelope caught in the barbed wire of a fence, their emaciated bodies draping over the wire like rugs hanging to dry. But there were signs of renewal as well, as thick light green shoots bristled through dead matted grass near stream sides, and fat pregnant does stared at his passing pickup from shadowed groves. April was the slowest month of the year in the field for a game warden, especially in a place with a fleeting spring. It was the fifth year of a drought. The hottest issue he had to contend with was what to do with the four elk that had shown up in the town of Saddlestring and seemed to have no plans to leave. While mule deer were common in the parks and gardens, elk were not. Joe had chased the four animals, two bulls, a cow, and a calf, from the city park several times by firing twenty-two blanks into the air several times, but they kept coming back. The animals had become such a fixture in the park they were now referred to as the town elk, and locals were feeding them, which kept them hanging around while providing empty nourishment that would eventually make them sick and kill them. Joe was loath to destroy the elk, but thought he may not have a choice if they stuck around. The changes in his agency had begun with the election of a new governor. On the day after the election, Joe had received a four-word message from his supervisor, Trey Crump, that read, Hell has frozen over, meaning a Democrat had been elected. 
His name was Spencer Rulon. Within a week, the agency director resigned before being fired, and a bitter campaign was waged for a replacement. Joe and most of the game wardens actively supported an anybody-but-Randy-Pope ticket, since Pope had risen to prominence within the agency from the administrative side, rather than the law enforcement or biology side, and made no bones about wanting to rid the state of personnel he felt were too independent, who had gone native, or were considered uncontrollable cowboys, men like Joe Pickett. Joe's clash with Pope the year before in Jackson had resulted in a simmering feud that was heating up, as Joe's report of Pope's betrayal made the rounds within the agency, despite Pope's efforts to stop it. Governor Rulon was a big man with a big face and a big gut, an unruly shock of...